You're listening to the Be Business Ready podcast with EEF's Consultancy Director, Martin Strutt. Join him every month for advice and guidance about the digital manufacturing future. Hello, and welcome to the EEF Be Business Ready podcast. This is the first of our upcoming series of podcasts looking at the fourth industrial revolution. Our survey of manufacturers found that 80% believe 4IR will be an industry reality by 2025. On past podcast series on conceptualizing and evolving 4IR, we looked at how businesses can apply 4IR to their workplaces. In this next series, we look at the key questions raised by manufacturers and the best practices we've seen in UK manufacturing. I'm Caitlin Carpenter, and I'm joined by Martin Strutt, an expert in 4IR and continuous improvement. Recently, he traveled across the UK, leading a series of Manufacturing Connect events where manufacturers could tour leading factories and hear from peers about how to innovate with 4IR. So Martin, when you visited manufacturers, what are some of the challenges that you've seen that they're experiencing when it comes to 4IR? Um, I think some of the, the, the challenges range from not knowing what is possible um, so not knowing uh, what kinds of benefits there are out there, what kinds of improvements they can make, to actually the other extreme, which is actually being overwhelmed by seeing so many improvements and so many things that, that could be done that, they, that uh, they don't know where to start. So I think we, we seem to find people along the, the complete spectrum of you know, not knowing anything to probably knowing too much, but being stuck in terms of what do we actually do first. And what are some of the hurdles that they're trying to overcome when they're starting to implement 4IR? Um, I think it is that um, step of taking the first step. Um, so I, th I think sometimes people th worry that investing in a 4IR solution is uh, all about spending a huge amount of money and having a massive project gearing up the whole business to, to move in a, in a new direction. And I don't think that that has to be the first step to take. I think that some of the more successful, um, uh, some of the more successful programs that we've seen, some of the more innovative programs we've seen, have actually started with really simple ideas, with people getting together, coming up with something really um, an innovative way of using a, a piece of technology, and then developing it from there. And I think people need to move away from the notion that it's a it's a big bang type thing that it's about you know tomorrow we're aiming for lights out factories and robots everywhere to saying actually what's the first step i can take and then how does that create a journey and where are we heading with this when you've been touring these factories as part of the manufacturing connect events have there been any things that you've seen that really interested you and thought could be applied to other workplaces uh, yeah, I've I've been most impressed with um, the, the innovation around around the country actually. So, from things like um, people using low cost Raspberry Pi computers and RFID tags on products to create a very low cost product tracking system of um, seeing your product uh, go through the, all the manufacturing steps in a, in a factory. Um, We've seen um, some really good examples of use of um, collaborative robots, for example. Um, 
down at uh, Pneumatic in Chard. They've been working on a knowledge transfer partnership with the University of West of England and have, have come up with a, a really good system for putting the um, Henry vacuum cleaner together using collaborative robot. You know, you can put it alongside people. If you put your hand in the way the robot stops, it's completely safe. And I think that's that's been a re, you know really innovative um, program, and it's it's really good to see. And I think there's a number of things like that that we've seen around the country. You mentioned cobots, and one of your colleagues, Patrick Lee, wrote a blog recently about uh, whether robots were taking jobs away from UK manufacturing professionals. Mm. What's your take on that? Um, I hope I'm not contradicting what Patrick said, <laughs> but. Um, I think it's changing the nature of, of jobs. So, yes, the, the robot or the cobot will do work that a person would have done, but I think it frees that person up to do other things. So, for, for example, in um, one of the examples I've seen is in, in a, um, a product that's being made that has seven screws in it, and they make a million of these a year. So you have a person putting in seven screws a million times, or you have a robot doing it. And I, and I think it makes, you, everyone can see that it makes sense to have the robot doing it. And it frees that person up to do something that's more skillful, more dexterous, um, requires more thought. And so I think that, yes, it will take some jobs, but it will typically take the lower skilled jobs. And it will typically free people to do to do other things. I don't see them replacing people. It is really I think the term collaborative robot is a good term. It is collaborating with people to make a much better process and give people better jobs that are you know less repetitive. And so if a manufacturer was implementing some of these new technologies and new robotics and saw some of their workforce wouldn't necessarily be needed anymore, but they would need different skills, how could they plan for that transition? Um, typically, I, I think it's a case of, say, of uh, in all these things, having a strategy. So my whole mantra with 4IR is actually you start with a business strategy that says how is it we compete and part of that business strategy says that you know these are this is the developing skills that we will need in our workforce so you've got to plan that and I think it is a case of retraining people it's about it could be just retraining in different jobs or extending the sort of work they do so I think it it comes down to a training in line with the strategy and skills requirement for the business. When you're talking to manufacturers, whether it's at these Manufacturing Connect events or when you're consulting with them, what are some of the key goals they have for implementing 4AR? Um, I, typically, I think the, the main goal seems to be um, productivity and, and output, so reducing costs, improving, improving output. Um, but increasingly, the whole issue of connectivity on the supply chain, I think, is um, is becoming important, or is important. Um, I suppose at the end of the day, it comes down to cost and productivity. But the better connected your supply chain is, the quicker the whole supply chain reacts to any problems, the quicker you can fix these things, the less damage it causes, therefore, the less impact it has on your costs. So I think fundamentally, it is about productivity and improving productivity. Are there any blind spots you think manufacturers have in terms of not seeing potential for 4IR in their workplace? Um, I don't think so. I, th I think it's um, probably just a case of um, being... If, if people go on, on one of our Manufacturing Connect events, for example, and look at what one company's done... 
they have to at least have the imagination to say, well, we're not going to do exactly that, but can I apply that technique to my processes in some way, shape or form? And so I think the only blind spot is, is perhaps sometimes one of saying, well, we don't do that, so it wouldn't work for us. Instead of saying, that's interesting, how might we apply that to what we do? And just to, to, to turn it on its head a little and to be more positive about it, I think is is, is the key issue for me. All right. Well, thank you for talking with us today, Martin. And for our next podcast, we'll be joined by a cybersecurity expert to discuss where manufacturers can think about cybersecurity and their data and their processes and making them more secure for that 4IR transition.